And they need some really big rings They need some really nice things Better be coming with no this strings This is the Stu Pod, ladies no and gentlemen The Yahoo Sports Baseball rings. Podcast I am Mike Oz And I am Chris Swick Chris, man, how much do you like that Drake and Future album that came out this week that we're listening to? Uh, who's who's listening to it? We are? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm using some of that for the music this week. I look forward to hearing it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. you got you got to bump that big rings. It's the, oh, it's, it's no. the jam. No? I, I'm sorry to disappoint you again. Uh, hey, I got a new, uh, new podcasting mic. Yeah, how I think exciting. The, I think the podcast should sound a little better than it has Microphone in the past. Microphone talk, baby. Hey, man, for the people who listen to the podcast, I, I'm sorry that, that you know it hasn't always been probably as, as good as it is right now. I think it sounds a lot better. And so, we now have the same brand of microphone, and that's not even like, they're not even paying us to do that. <laughs> no. Well, we didn't, say, we didn't say what brand, so. <laughs> I know, we should, and then we should try and get free stuff because free stuff is cool just just a psa for the listeners hey we realized that this thing could sound better and, and now we're making it sound better <laughs> we care we we care what you what you think about us yes ah this is the stew pod uh we have a have a fun show this week we're doing something um a little bit different we are talking about our um our favorite or not a favorite the things we would most like to see happen in the last week of the season um not predictions not anything like that just what we think would make the last bit of baseball before the postseason, a lot of fun. So we're going to have Mark Townsend, uh, one of our Big League Stew cohorts, join us for the first time on the show, so I'm looking forward to that. But, Chris, we kind of need to talk about uh, Yogi Berra because he's been the, 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 the big story of the week. He's going to be the big story of the week, you know, regardless of what happens on the field. Uh, dead uh, at 90 years old, lived a, lived a very full life. Uh, you know, great man, great human being on and off the field. Lots of wonderful stories out there about him. But uh, I, I know we wanted to talk to him a little bit. So when you think about Yogi Bear, what stands out to you? Well, I think it's kind of interesting because I am far too young to have ever remembered his playing career. And I feel like you might be as well. Um, and even, You don't know how old it, I am. That's Well, that's true. I'm taking an educated guess. Um, and yeah, and even... You know, his managerial career was a little bit before my time. So um, what I really knew about him was just his personality. I mean, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I never realized how great of a player he actually was until um, I had to write the, the post last night. And so I had to research, you know, his playing career and you just kind of look at what he was able to do on the field. And it was amazing. He was in 14 World Series. He won 10. Those are both records. I just feel like so many players, you know, we we look back on their legacies and we talk about what happens on the field. And so it's just super interesting to me that with Yogi Berra, it, none of it was really on the field contribution was not the focus. And that just doesn't happen. I mean, that's just, I think that just, gives you a great idea of how big this guy's personality was and how how much bigger than the game he was. Sort of piggybacking on that, like the thing that stands out to me, and, and I was asked this today on a, on a radio interview, but um, and I, I kind of talked about how you know, they're like, oh, well, do you think, you know, who in baseball is like closest to being like Yogi Berra nowadays? And I'm like, nobody. I mean, there's nobody that, that has you know, one of the, the success, I mean, no one's going to win 10 World Series. I mean, unless something crazy happens, you know, and, and the Dodgers make a 
you know, $100 billion team or something. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. But beyond that, you know, it seems like Yogi Bear was just universally loved. Um, and that, to me, that's the thing that kind of stands out. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there was somebody back then who didn't like Yogi Bear, but it, it seems like today's sports fans are so contentious and, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of reasons not to like other people. But uh, Yogi Bear just seems like this guy who's like just universally loved, even though he played for the Yankees, which probably wasn't the scarlet letter back then that it is today. But, um, you know, even even given that, I don't think that anyone out there is, you know, today, even in our current, you know, state of discourse, anyone's out there, you know, bad-mouthing Yogi Bear, saying he wasn't as good or he wasn't as, wasn't this, wasn't that. I mean, people just love Yogi Bear and, you know, can't um, say anything bad about him, which, you know, I don't know that, that you're ever going to say that about an athlete from, from this era. I think mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, that's kind of unfathomable. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add. I think that well, was pretty good. And I, I'm piggybacking this topic from, from our friends at, at Grandstanding, uh, Kevin K. Duck and Jay Busby, who they did a, a Yogi Berra-specific podcast. If you want to go listen to that more on Yogi Berra, I recommend it. But um, also a, a topic that they brought up, who is now the greatest living Yankee? And I think that's a fun one. Chris, what, what do you think? I mean, there's a lot of players to consider, obviously. Um, where, do you, where do you go in that debate? So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that A-Rod. yeah so it kind of depends on how you look at it right because well how are you looking at it well i would say statistically arod is probably you know better than jeter but no one's ever going to say that because jeter has the aura you know yeah so i think you have to consider that because so much of what we just said about yogi berra dealt with his non-playing career or the other things he did off the field. And while Jeter, you know, had somewhat of a quiet public life, even though he was kind of always in the news, um, I feel like, I don't know, that that aura, that personality matters, even if he wasn't, you know, Yogi Berra-ish. So I think you can, I think Jeter's a really strong candidate. I don't know if he's the answer, but, and maybe that's recency bias on my part too, because he obviously just just played. What about Mariano Rivera, though? I mean, I, th- I feel like like he's he's probably going to be more of the ambassador of the Yankees than, than Jeter's ever going to be. I think, you know, Jeter could could run off and, I don't know, go run for Senate one day or something and just kind of leave all this baseball stuff behind or, you know, go do all these other ventures that he wants to do. Like, I feel like Mariano Rivera is going to keep out there being, being the closer from the Yankees for, you know, as, as long as they're going to let him, you know, at, at games, being the ambassador, shaking hands you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, maybe you're not going to measure his, his stats or, or, you know, everyday play like you would with Jeter. But, um, I, I guess I just kind of feel like he's a little more of a, little more of a person, a little more of a persona that, that will be the ambassador for the Yankees as opposed to Jeter who, you know, is just going to go off and, and do some other things. And, and, you know, yeah, I played for the Yankees, but I'm not going to show up at, at spring training every year and, and hang out with everybody. I disagree though. Because I feel like if if both of them were in public, I feel like the more casual baseball fan would recognize Jeter before they'd recognize Rivera. You think that's true or no? Yeah, they would. But also, I think you know Mariano Rivera would be the one who would be there to shake the hands and be nice to everybody, and Jeter would be the one to run away and and you know not want to get his picture taken. I guess I don't. I still I think Jeter is more recognizable, and therefore greater 
That's what I would say. And, and funny, I, funny this, Scott Brocious, man. Scott Brocious. This gives me an opportunity to drop a story on you. Okay, let's do it. Uh, when, I, when I was home for my cousin's wedding a couple weeks ago... You saw Andre Dawson. Is that where this is going? Incorrect. Oh. Uh, the, the next day, the Yankees were playing a day game, and we went over to my aunt's house, and I have two much younger cousins. Um, one of them is six, and the other is three or four. And the Yankees were playing against the Rays. Both of them started doing the Derek Jeter chant during the game. And my mouth like hit the floor. I'm like, how do you know that? How do you know that that's a thing? That's why Derek Jeter is, I put him over Mariano Rivera as far as greatest living Yankee. Because my six-year-old cousin knows the Derek Jeter chant, even though he grew up in Chicago and Derek Jeter doesn't even play anymore. That that's a very good story. I, I will I will give you that. But Chicago's not gonna like that, man. You better you better tell that kid to knock it off. Look, man, I'm just and, and, and to learn this. the learn the Chris Bryant chant. Learn that chant. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, baby. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, learn that. There it is. <laughs> learn that chant. All right. Well, I think we're gonna talk about the Cubs a little bit in the next event. I think we're gonna talk about maybe even the Yankees a little. Uh, the Blue Jays. The AL MVP. Lots, lots of stuff coming up, I think, Chris, in, in the next one. So uh, let's dig a little more into uh, into the postseason, into what we want to see happen in the next few weeks. Uh, that's coming up right after break. This is the Stew Pod. We are back on the Stew Pod. We are talking about the stretch run of the MLB season, and uh, joining us. For his StuPod debut is a big league Stu writer, Mark Townsend. How's it going, Townie? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, Chris is Chris is here too. And uh, what we wanted to do this week was talk about some things we would like to see in the last uh, basically week of the season, week and a couple of days. And uh, there's obviously a lot at play. There's all these teams with a lot to play for, plus awards. Uh, so that there's a lot of things that, that still yet to be decided. Um, but I first, before we even do that, I, I want to uh, get into a subject that we haven't really discussed anywhere yet, which is how Big League Stew has, has brought you two together and you've discovered that you are related. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I guess... I, I, I don't even know the out. whole story, so yeah, let, let's hit me with it. I'm not even sure I know the whole story, but I found out after I was hired, my mother-in-law said... Uh, you're working with Mark Townsend, huh? He is, I think, my mother-in-law's second cousin. And so then I emailed Mark and I'm like, hey, so I, I think we're family, kind of. And oh, wow. that that's it. <laughs> that's the story. And now you guys like send care packages to each other and stuff, right? Like family, family heirlooms? Oh, that actually has happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our family did meet up at the reunion this year. Uh, Chris was better half, and my parents were there, so yeah, we kind of connected a little bit on that level. Wow, this is what a, what a world we live in. I was uh, coming home a couple of days after that, and I almost changed my flight. If Mark was going to be there, I was going to be at the reunion. What a time to be alive, guys! <laughs> what a time. That was one of those situations where baseball takes precedence over family. <laughs> I had a job to do, so that's how that's how committed he is to, to blogging for you folks. So let's, uh, let's talk baseball. Um, as I said, we're, we're talking about some things we want to see happen 
in, in the, these last few days of the season. And we're just going to go around round table style, sort of. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. What, what is one thing you would like to see happen in, in the next couple of days of the season? All right, here it is. The NL Central is a little bit up for grabs. I would like to see the Cubs pass the Pittsburgh Pirates over the next couple games, host a wild card game at Wrigley Field, and see Jake Arrieta start that game. And I want to see that for a couple of reasons, but one, the big one being Arietta's had a tremendous season. He's probably going to contend for the Cy Young Award. And so seeing him starting the Cubs playoff game with everything on the line just really appeals to me. I like that too, and I like it because if the Cubs make the playoffs, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of love for that. But if they end up in a one-game wild card in in Pittsburgh and and never play at home, like did they act? Did, did it actually count? You know, like <laughs> and and so I want to see them play at home. I think just for the oh, that's absolutely the truth. I mean, because that atmosphere at Wrigley Field, you have to experience that in the playoffs. All right, Tony, we're going to kick it to you. What is uh? Give me give me one of your playoff things you want to or one of these last things you want to see before the playoffs. Well, I'm kind of looking at the American League MVP race, and Mike Trout was kind of seemed like he might have been falling behind a little bit, but he's heating up the last couple of weeks. And I want to see him and Josh Donaldson kind of going back and forth down the stretch, one up at each other, making us really debate that race until the end of the to the very last day. Chris is ready for such a debate. Well, I mean, I I feel like I'm the only person who's supporting Mike Trout at this point. It seems like the narrative has completely shifted to Donaldson because the Blue Jays have surged lately. There are some other nerds out there who who probably (laughs) are with you, I'm sure. I don't know, man. I I can't get over the on-base percentage lead. I mean, everything else in my mind is so close. And I don't like to use runs or RBIs because they're garbage stats. Oh. (laughs) But, uh... No, I mean, the, just the main point there being Donaldson plays on, like, the best offense in baseball that we've seen in the last, I don't know, how many years. So, of course, he's going to score a lot of runs and drive in a ton. So, I think if you take team-dependent stats out of the equation, it's just so close. And I feel like no one's really talking about the fact that Trout has, like, a 30-point on-base percentage lead. That that matters to me. Here's something that matters to me. I've been a big supporter of the Houston Astros all season because I love the the underdog narrative. I love the, the Cinderella-ness of it all. I like the you know that they're a team that either like hits home runs or strikes out. You know, I, I kind of like just that whole thing of it. And I love Carlos Correa. I love George Springer. Um, it would it would it would hurt my soul if they somehow ended up on the outside of the playoffs at this point. So my big thing, man, I'm really just hoping the Astros make it. I don't, I don't care if they win the division, you know, if, if, as long as they make a wild card, I'm, I'm really happy about that. It was your fault. Yeah, man. it would be Chris. It is. It's my fault. I, I take full responsibility. Um, Chris, Chris contends that if the Astros don't make the playoffs, it's my fault because I went and wrote a story about them and went to their clubhouse and talked to the players and, and they were in first place at that time. Yeah, I sabotaged the whole thing. Now they're not. Sorry, Houston. <sighs> but what about this? Taylor Swift was playing there the same day at, at their stadium. You know, I, I saw them in Oakland. And Taylor Swift was playing. Maybe it's her fault? Nah. Is that what... <laughs> no. <laughs> 
That was a pretty, uh, you didn't even consider it. You didn't even think about it, Chris. It's all you, man. It's your fault. Uh, Townie, do you agree with this? Is it, is it all me? Uh, well, that, that, what happened after that? Is that when they uh, put their playoff tickets on sale, too? Is that around that same time? or? See, I, I like that he's thinking of other possible scenarios. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. They just... I think what happened was they, they had to go play. They had to go play the Rangers. I think that's what happened. I, I mean, let, let's be let's be real here. The day that you visited the Astros, I visited the Rangers. So, yeah, you sabotaged oh, I the, the other way around. Huh? Yeah, I lifted a franchise. Rangers fans should be calling me, tweeting me. So, seventy years from now, it's going to be the curse of Mike Oz on the Astros. Pretty much. Okay. All right. Good. Let's 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 not make fun of me anymore, Chris, and we'll we'll kick it back to you. Give me another one of your, uh, your what's on your wish list for the last couple weeks. All right. So the big fear that every Mets fan has right now collapse. is well the collapse, but also <laughs> the fact that maybe their young pitchers won't be available for the postseason or pitching down the stretch. And I say. That's not going to matter because the Mets are going to clinch before their final three-game series against the Nationals, and they're going to just be able to rest all those guys. So you're going to have Harvey, DeGrom, maybe Noah Syndergaard, maybe Steven Matz, although he probably won't start in the postseason. All those guys are going to be nice and well-rested for whatever postseason series the Mets happen to get into. You know, though, that if that happens and then they lose in the playoffs, <laughs> you know yep. you know what they're yep. going to say. Too long a layoff. Yep. What? Too much rest. Too fresh. Too strong. <laughs> but you you know the the way this has gone down, you have to understand that if they do it, if they just be like, all right, we're resting everybody, somebody in New York's going to be like, no, 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 you're going to mess the whole thing up. You gotta play everybody, and then we're gonna have three days of people debating about whether they should be playing their players, and you're gonna have angry Terry Collins press conferences, and just just the whole run of it. I mean, it's gonna be a whole other mess. E- either way, I don't care what happens to the Mets. Like they could win every game from now on, and probably win every game in the playoffs and sweep the World Series. There's still gonna be somebody out there who's gonna be like, "Oh no, no, no! You're gonna mess it all up." That because that's that's how it is right now. Well, yeah. I mean, no matter what they do, it's gonna be scrutinized because then. If they just start all these guys and then DeGrom gets knocked around in his one playoff start, then people are going to be like, why didn't you give him more days off? So I completely understand that no matter what they do, there will be scrutiny. Yes, there will. Moving on, Mark Terry Towns just doesn't doesn't want any of these scenarios to play out. But what I'm looking at next is uh, the Cardinals – uh, down the stretch with Adam Wainwright. I want him to show that he's healthy. I want the Cardinals to have their full, as full roster as possible going into the playoffs so we can see how good they really are and if their regular season record matches how great, much talent they actually have. And so when they lose, no excuses? Exactly, no excuses. Because <laughs> you, you know the excuses are going to come if they lose. You know. But if they have to go against the Cubs, if they have to go against Pittsburgh, I want I want but no excuses. I want them to be one hundred percent healthy. I want to see what this team has. I, uh, I I'm also interested to watch the Cardinals. I mean, I, I think that I just love that entire race, you know, up and down. And I almost picked something about the Cardinals, but I know you guys were talking about the Cardinals a little bit. So I wanted to talk about the Dodgers because I feel like the Dodgers are the team somehow, and I, I don't understand this sometimes, but. Um, 
$300 million team, and yet they're kind of the team that a lot of people aren't talking about in the National League. They, they haven't played up to expectations, although they're in first place and they're going to make the playoffs. Um, it, they're just sort of a funky team in a funky place. So what I want from them is I want them, and, and essentially, Mark, the same thing you're saying, like I want them to be the team that they're supposed to be so we can really see how good they are. Um, I, I feel like the Dodgers, and I've probably said this on the podcast like four times, uh, you know, even though they're in first place, even though they're, they're going to the playoffs, they're, they're just not the team that they're supposed to be. And, you know, is, is there another gear that's kind of waiting that, that's going to, you know, pop in in the last week of the season or, you know, in the first week of the playoffs? I, I just kind of want to see the Dodgers be, be the, the, that, that team. I mean, the, the $300 million team, the, the team that, you know, is supposed to win it all because, you know, if not, there's, there's still going to be kind of that, that, I don't know, uncertainty lingering over them and, um, Let's see who you really are, and let's see what you can really do. And who doesn't want to see Clayton Kershaw pitching deeper into the postseason, pitching in, in the World Series? You know, that that would be a you know that's a, that's gonna draw for Major League Baseball, and that would be good to see. Of course it would, and and, and uh, Clayton Kershaw against uh, AL MVP Josh Donaldson, right? Chris, isn't that what you want to see? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, <laughs> hey, the Angels are still within striking distance, so it's possible. He's got to take out Mike Trout at some point. But, no, I, I would say, um, you know, the thing with the Dodgers is I made what now looks like a foolish prediction that Yasiel Puig would win the NL MVP. The still, beginning of the still could year. happen, man. Still could happen. Um, and I just feel oh. like uh, I, would, I would love to see him get healthy in time to, to contribute for the postseason because, I don't know, you know, the Dodgers, they have – Adrian Gonzalez, and now it feels like you know Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, even though they haven't been there long, have become a big part of this team. And in my mind, it still just doesn't feel like the Dodgers if, if Puig's not going to play during the postseason. And and like Mark was saying earlier with Adam Wainwright, I don't want any excuses. I want I want the Dodgers to have their their full lineup of guys in there. So I would really like for him to get back and be healthy. But that, that, that that's not true. Like in the lineup and then October. Exactly. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> but that's not your thing that you're on that's your list. Correct. That's just your tangent. That's just my tangent. Okay. Should I? Should, would you, you like you're just like that kid at Christmas that's like, well, that's not on my list. That's just that's just something else I want. Like that's not on my main list. That's on my second. <laughs> that's on my second Christmas list. Exactly. So what's your what's your other one? I, I will gladly share my my third prediction with you, and that is Dallas Keuchel has. One more start that we know of on the docket, and it's against the Texas Rangers. I predict that he pitches very well during that start, and that shifts the narrative to him winning the American League Cy Young Award. This one start wins him the award. Dallas Keuchel. Think he's going to throw a no-hitter or something? I, I'll say seven scoreless innings, seven or eight strikeouts, three hits. All right. There it is. I'm, I'm, I like Dallas Keuchel, so I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with you on that, man. I can't wait to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know people are writing that down as you said it. <laughs> they're, right, they're drafting the emails now. To tell you, Chris. Tell you how Look, stupid you I can you take are. it. Send me your internet comments. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even – I mean, part of the reason I brought this up is that I don't even know if Keuchel deserves to win the Cy Young Award. I definitely – believe he's in the conversation but 
I think you know David Price definitely what he's done lately um, has has put him in there, and he might be the front runner at this point. But I don't know. It, it just seems like we haven't talked about Price uh, up until this recent run, and it seems like Keuchel has been the front runner all season just because he got off to such a great start. You still rolling with Chris Sale? You 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 still uh, going down with that pick, Chris? I mean, I think his <laughs> peripherals are great, but people are going to look at his ERA and be scared off by that compared to some of these other guys. So while I think he's probably better than some of the players who's who are going to finish above him in the Cy oh, Young don't voting, give me don't give me a full on explanation. I was just making right, fun of fine. you. <laughs> oh, Chris, you went all trying to go all fan grass on me, hey, man. I'm, I'm here all... for debates, baby. <laughs> Oh yeah, Chris said he's gonna. We're not even doing debates or predictions, but Chris says he's gonna he's gonna kick my ass on the podcast. Like, well, Chris Sale would be the runaway Cy Young if they could just take the Minnesota Twins out of their division. There you go. See, and also wins are dumb. Like, come on. Oh, Chris. I'm just saying. You don't like any stats, do you? I'm mad about it. I like the good stats. Tony, I think uh, I think it's your turn. We got we got derailed talking about Chris Sale and, and all the stats Chris you hates. You asked the no. question, okay? The man crush segment. That's all right. I think I think we're on you. All right. Well, the last thing I'd like to see down the stretch is the all of the chaos in the American League Wild Card race. I was kind of disappointed to see that the Indians are falling out of it, but. We got the, the Astros, the Twins, and the Angels all competing for one spot. I don't think the Yankees are going to completely collapse and make it a four-way race for two spots. But I just want to see like maybe a three-way tie going to that final day or a, a tiebreaker game come out there, so we can just just see what you know how Major League Baseball will divide that all up and uh, just see some chaos. I don't want chaos. Tiebreaker game, huh? Yeah, you know we need one more extra game. Just <laughs> One sixty three. Was that last year or was that the year before? It was the year before that happened, right? It wasn't last year. Yeah, I think it was yeah, one more yeah, because that's kinda of what I think pushed them towards adding this extra game. Yeah, yeah. Well, along along those same lines and we can we can talk about it all in one, um, my my hope is not for a game one sixty three, first of all, but um, I want I want the last day of the season to be meaningful. I like that MLB switched it this year so that all the games start at the same time so you can have you know, sort of minute by minute, the way these are impacting the, the postseason standings. But then, all of a sudden, you look at things and you're like, oh, none of this may matter because everything could be decided by then. So for the sake of them having this exciting last day, I hope that there are at least one or two things that are still kind of up in the air and, and that last day matters because I was really psyched off that. So if it doesn't matter, then I'm going to be, I'm going to be bummed. But but let's keep our let's let's keep it all into 162 games, guys, because then we're gonna then we're gonna get into the playoffs. So let's have our little clear cut divider, because for us it also means you know we get a little bit of time to assess these playoff matchups and not have to do essentially a, another like a third wild card game, you know. Absolutely. I don't know. 163 is exciting though. That's yeah. an exciting experience. I guess. I mean, sure. You get a I, team I think, against the wall where they have to win two playing games in a row just to get in. I mean, that's that's about as intense as they get. Hey, just, I'm just saying, like that that's a day off. You know, everybody wants that day off so you can either get fresh because it's the same. It's the same thing. It's it's you know you want your if, if you're the the Astros or the Rangers or the Twins or whoever it is and they they're you know getting in there. 
you know, you want them to be at their best. So you don't want them to have to, you know, get to their wild card game. Then they're already exhausted, True. you know, because they've had True. to play three games in three cities or something. I don't know. Right it sounds like Mike Oz is just looking for a day off. I, I already <laughs> said that. I, I, that. That was yeah, the first thing I said. But but then you tried to you tried to go towards the players and the teams. Like well, I'm I want giving you the secondary reason. I see right through you. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> so I think we've we've made our rounds. Um, I think this has been a fun discussion. If if you're listening to this people of the internet please uh you can you can chime in and tell us in the comment section what uh what you would like to see happen again even though chris likes to say this and, and he's wrong these are not predictions these are things we would like to see happen <laughs> they're things that we think would make the the last week of the season a lot of fun chris i'm just here for the takes man <laughs> just here to push my buttons yes all right. Well, uh, Mark Townsend, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll probably hear more from you in the postseason as we uh, All right. Sounds get good, our, guys. Get our podcasting. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see you guys soon, and we'll be back in a second with more StewPod. We are back on the StewPod, and joining us once again is our good friend Bad News Ramen. And he's going to drop some three strikes on us. It's a segment in which he talks about some topics in baseball this week that you've seen on Big Leagues do and uh, oftentimes delivers some hard truths. Um, maybe he even makes fun of me. Let's see. We'll see about that. Yeah. Well, harkening back to the 90s, we're going to do uh, – I'm going to drop some science. Um, <laughs> the first guy, first guy I want to talk about is uh, one Bruce uh, Rondon or Rondone. I really don't care what his name is. But he got sent home by the Tigers because uh, – Help me with the official terminology here, like a lack of effort. Lack of effort. Lack, lack of effort. So here, here's the deal. This guy is like the – he is like the soccer mom of professional baseball players. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when you coach, sometimes you either have like a – you have – you're coaching soccer, you're coaching baseball, and the kid's not that good because they goof off all the time. They don't they don't give 100% effort. And the parent some in some way finds it that it's your fault that their kid is a snot-nosed kid that doesn't listen, and you're all you're trying to do is – help them out uh what makes bruce ronan's case uh worse is that this guy gets paid and instead of treating this guy like a like a grown-ass man and instead of having him make his money that he's supposed to make how can brad austin say rondon he, he sucks you know he, do, he doesn't he doesn't care he he gives little little or no effort which the team kind of backed up later today be honest with the guy dude it's like you know what dude you suck you know and you know what i hope you never play baseball again <laughs> I hope no team is ever willing to take you on because you make money you make hundreds of thousands of dollars playing a game and you're finding a way to screw that up go back to where you came wherever you where whatever hole you came out of and just stay there because you're no use to anybody at all brutal Nobody, nobody should employ him is what you're saying. Wow. Yeah. No, he's done. Okay. I mean, if, if, if you can't take advantage of, of your God-given gift to throw a baseball into a catcher's mitt at a high velocity and you're still finding a way to mess that up, you do not belong on, this, on, on the baseball field. Just go home. All right. I feel you. I feel you. What's well, strike number two? Uh, strike number two is going to be uh, is going to be supposed to be a, a good, happy, go lucky, feel good story, and that's Barry Zito facing Tim Hudson in the 
in the A's versus the San Francisco Giants. It's like, hey, we're harkening back to the 90s. We're harkening back to the big three. You were probably dancing up, dancing around on your table, like, or even dancing on your bed like George Jefferson yeah. did uh, Love back when uh, he was moving on up. You know, Love the big three. The, yeah. You were probably doing that. But here, here's the deal. Uh, I am happy that I get to remember. Barry Zito and Tim Hudson for rolling over and dying whenever they played the Yankees in the uh, in the playoff series. They never got Ouch. past that big three. Never got past the first round of the playoff series. All they were was just like a little stepping stone for my Yankees to demolish them all the time. Uh, it's 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 nice if you want if you want to remember that. I mean, I, I kind of feel for Ace fans. I mean, while, while I'm remembering 27 championships, you guys remember how. Uh, you guys won a lot of regular season games, but never got it done in the playoffs. And even though you had three of the best pitchers at the time, and a book, uh, and and the whole thing, don't don't ever cut me off again, dude. I'm on a roll, and you're you're, you're killing me right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, hey, thank thank you for bringing back the memories of of uh, of losing every year to the Yankees. And uh, my favorite one is uh, is Derek Jeter coming out of nowhere to uh, toss the ball to Jorge Posada to get uh, Jeremy Giambi out. Uh, that's probably my fondest memory. So. When uh, those two guys are, are facing each other and pitching each other while you guys are feeling good about it, I'm going to remember my, my team winning championships. So what you want is you want Jeter to come out and mess up the, the ceremonial first pitch with the big three? Yeah, I mean, Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark Mulder, should, Mark Mulder should, should pitch it, and, and Derek Jeter should run out of nowhere, snatch the ball, and, and, <laughs> and, and get out. Get out. Whoever, whoever, whoever's, you know, whoever, there's not even going to be any, anybody at bat. I mean, Derek Jeter can get people out. By not even trying. So yes, <laughs> brutal. Okay, but what's strike three? Can we can we end on a nice note? Yeah, let's let's end on a nice note. Um, I'm going to uh, pay homage in my own way that I can to uh, Yogi Berra. Uh, I think Yogi Berra. Um, everybody's talking about. Of course, he passed away, and rightfully so. Everybody's coming out and saying, "Hey, you know, as witty as this guy was, as great of a character he was for baseball, he was that good of a baseball uh, player itself." I'm going to say this right now. I think I think Yogi Berra is definitely the most underrated catcher of all time. Uh, he's definitely the, one of the most underrated Yankees of all time, and uh, he is probably the most underrated player in baseball. Uh, who is the Who is the one player that has has the most championships, uh, World Series rings? Do you know who has that most World Series rings over there? Uh, Mitchell? Barry, Barry Zito. Yeah, Barry, Barry Zito does. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra has ten. Uh, I I would probably say that besides, I think he's probably the, one of the top three Yankees of all time, and that, and that's hard to say, but. You, you look at you look at the results. You look at uh, you have Babe number one, uh, Lou Gehrig number two. I mean, Babe Ruth is Babe Ruth. Give me a break. You know, I mean, he changed the way baseball is played. He was, he was the first kind of sports icon of, of the world. Uh, Lou Gehrig would have had all the home run home run numbers. He would have been number one in home runs, number one in RBIs. Uh, he had a disease named after him, and unfortunately, he couldn't play uh, his, out the rest of his career. Yogi Berra won ten championships. Now, I'm a huge Joe DiMaggio fan. Uh, I know there's a lot of big Mickey Mantle fans out there too. But when the Yankees established themselves as the uh, premier sports franchise in the entire world, the Yankees can say nobody's better, better than us as a franchise. It was off of the back of Yogi Berra and him being, him being behind the plate and winning 10, 10 World Series rings. He was the backbone of, of all those teams when the Yankees became the Yankees. And, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. It's like I, I can't imagine a world without uh, – I can't imagine the baseball world without Yogi Berra, and it's going to be tough to, you know, to not have him involved in the sport anymore. But I think it's time for him to get his just due, and he's he's probably the, the third best Yankee of all time. I have a um, kind of follow up question that we talked about earlier on the show that I want to hear your opinion on. Not not necessarily about Yogi, not to take the spotlight off him, but who do you think briefly is the uh, greatest living Yankee left now? Well, I like 
you say briefly. Uh, w- one thing I want to say is uh, Yogi Berry had 385 career home runs. He had 414 strikeouts for his career. So that's that's one thing I want to put out there. Um, I mean, I th- the easy answer is Derek Jeter. I mean, I, I like Derek Jeter, but I'm not like a Derek Jeter homer. Uh, but of course, I think you know he's the he's the he's the guy that knows what the legacy is all about. I mean, he's carried a ton of teams. Um, I think, you know, if you really want to talk about big three, I think, you know, as long as you have Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, and Derek Jeter around, the Yankees organization can kind of look at those three guys and say, hey, this is how we do business. And, uh, you know, they're kind of the last the last bastion of, of the, the great teams of, of those, you know, of the 90s and, and the early 2000s. So I think, all th- you know, Derek Jeter's the guy, but I think you put all three of those together and they equal one Yogi Berra. Oh, that's some, some good math right there on the stew pod. Thank you, Bad News Rama, for joining us. We're going to have you back again next week, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, we're back on the stew pod. Thanks to Mark Townsend and Bad News Ramen for joining us on this week's show. We have uh, reached our, our culmination. Pr- probably one of the funnest parts of the show to me, but uh, the good old important questions where me and Chris talk nonsense to each other. Um, and ask each other questions that are maybe important or maybe not. Chris, I think uh, you, you want to you start us off this week? I do, and this is perfect because you played right into my hands during the segment we did with Townie when you talked about just wanting a day off. Yeah. My okay. important question for you is, can you think of a time or instance in your life where you gave less than optimal effort and the reason I'm bringing this up is because Bruce Rondone was sent home from the Detroit Tigers for his effort level. So, Mike, what? when have you given less than optimal effort in your life? Oh, man. Um, a, a lot of college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, like, the, the requisite college classes that I wasn't really interested in. Um, college geography, maybe. Um, seventh grade art class. Um, those are a couple examples. Uh, I would say, uh, sometimes, sometimes when, when my kid, um, before he really caught on, on, on reading books, sometimes in reading books, you know, like now he'll call me out if I, if I skip, skip a page or something, but, you know, like he'll pick like a really long book and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to skip these pages a little bit. Now he'll, he'll call me out on that. Or he knows some of the story so good that he'll, he'll be like, no, that's not, that's not what's going on here. So he'll correct me. So sometimes it's, it's reading bedtime stories. That's probably, the, that's probably the current version of that. But uh, uh, college college geography class was, was definitely one of them. What about Fair you? Fair enough. Well, see, I shouldn't even be telling you this, but a time when I wanted to give less than optimal effort was last night <laughs> when I was <laughs> on my shift. I completed our nightly recap, and I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna do some small stuff here and there, but this last last half hour, I'm probably just gonna take it pretty easy, and and then obviously the Yogi Berra news happened, and that was not possible. So I wanted I wanted to put in a little less than optimal effort. Uh, at but about you but you realized you were gonna get sent home if not. Yeah, for for well, then that happened, and I was like, yeah, there's no rest. So Brad Osmus is gonna knock on your door like Chris. Well, uh, time for you to go home, sir. See you later. Here, here. Yeah, I, I have some pretty terrible college uh, stories that I could probably share too, but 
I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't know that I learned anything in my college geography class that I would, you know, use today. So I'll I'll share a quick one. <laughs> uh, I was a communications major, so do with that what you will. And at Marquette, they offered a biology for non-science majors. That was the course. So I took that with a buddy of mine who is also in the College of Com, and we quickly learned that our teacher would just take attendance by passing out a sheet and then you would write your name on it. And so he and I decided to alternate days. So I would go, you know, on like Monday and Friday and then he would go on Wednesday and then the next week I would only go once a week or whatever. And uh, that was pretty great until uh, I showed up one day and he was there and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? It's my day. And he's like, hey, did you know that we had a test today? <laughs> And I said, uh, no. So thankfully he found out about it and showed up and we both took a test that we had no idea was coming. Oh, well. And I passed. <laughs> Good job, Chris. But barely. Well, at least you passed. Yeah. Children, college kids of the world, don't be like Chris. No, don't be me. Go to your classes. I, if I had more time, I'd probably think of a, a college story involving <laughs> myself and Bad News Ramen, but uh, I don't know. Here's my important question for you because I, I, want, I want to wrap this up. And, and this is somewhat of a parenting question. And I know you don't have kids, but I'm still going to run it, run it by you anyway because it involves a, a certain amount of, of geekdom and a certain amount of like sports. So my kid, my four-year-old, who, who I think I've talked about on the podcast a little bit, but he um, recently has gotten super into Star Wars. Um, hasn't watched any of the movies or anything, just into like the idea of Star Wars and, and we have these really, um, really easy to read Star Wars, like Lego Star Wars books that we read. So he's very much into Darth Vader, uh, very much trying to understand the, you know, start to finish of Darth Vader and how Darth Vader went from being a good guy to a bad guy and, and all this kind of stuff. And so we spend a lot of time discussing these things. So we went through a whole day. We got all these Star Wars books, new Star Wars books over the weekend, and, and we're you know, went through them, read them, talked a lot about Star Wars. Sunday comes, my, my buddies come over to watch football. Um, he then brings all his books and, and shows them, and you know, they're just Star Wars like crazy. So we are uh, we we watch the Niners suck, and um, you know the Raider game comes on, and as as you know, the Raider fans like to get costumed up, and uh, there there's a Raider fan who has like the Darth Vader mask and like the spikes <laughs> and all this stuff. And we're like, hey, look, Darth Vader's at the Raider game. And it blew his mind, right? He's just like, <laughs> what, what is going on here? So he kind of didn't care too much about it at the time. Like, didn't ask too many questions. Was just like, huh, what? And, and whatever. Like, literally five hours later, he is in the bathroom, of all places. I'm, I'm walking past the bathroom. And he just goes, Daddy, why does Darth Vader like teams? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you even talking about? Oh, Darth Vader the football game. Okay, why does Darth Vader like teams? So I'm not going to reveal my answer to you yet, Chris, but if, if you were me and, and your, your kid asked you why Darth Vader is at the Raider game, what would you tell him? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> um, because I, I just see how that is completely mind-blowing to a child. So I don't know. You, uh, you honestly have me stumped here. I You're... Well, you're the actual real life parent. What did you do? <laughs> I, I told him that um, Darth Vader 
is um, a bad guy. <laughs> he is uh, one with the dark side of the force, and that's why he likes the Raiders. Wow. That's how you instill values into a, into a child right there. Yeah, that seems like a good that's, answer. That's a good answer. Um, my earlier, when, when he was kind of wondering about this, I think we said, oh, well, you know, Darth Vader likes football like everybody else. And he, he was kind of okay with that. <laughs> but then he, he came back later and asked the question. So, um, I'll tell you what, man. I, I should bring him on and ask some Star Wars questions because he has some he has some pretty good Star Wars questions he asks sometimes. That's good. You know I'm game for that. <laughs> I was thinking about having just doing a podcast with him where he just asks me Star Wars questions. That would be the best podcast we've ever done, fun. probably. So not 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 for the stew pod. I mean, just doing it. Oh, fine. Yeah, yeah somewhere else. Well, uh, if you guys have parenting tips on how to explain to your kids that Darth Vader's a Raider fan, please let <laughs> me know. Uh, and. You can chime in on your, your playoff uh, wishes. And if you like the podcast, go check us out on iTunes. Subscribe there. Go leave us a review. And um, am I missing anything, Chris? Is that it? Give us give us five stars. Five stars, yeah. Anything less is unacceptable in my <laughs> book. All right. This has been the StuPod. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big.